0: Oh, wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Jesus. As I was preparing before I, I get into the word this morning, I, I actually, as I was digging and just kind of in the word, the Lord, is anybody in here suffering with ringing in their ear? because I actually, I was, can you stand? If you are suffering with that, I literally was preparing the word, and then all of a sudden, I didn't get ringing in my ear, but I just saw people in pain. And then I forgot about it. And last night, as I was preparing again, this YouTube video pops up, and it's about ringing in the ear, and I'm like, oh, right. So I, I'm, we're just going to step into what God is saying because he's obviously highlighting it. So Father, we thank you that when you have spoken, you are not a man that you should lie that in your tongue there is healing. And so we declare healing to every ringing ear right now in the name of Jesus, that the spirit of infirmity would be broken and go, and that your people would be free to hear with clarity in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, that you are silencing every other noise. You are silencing every other ring and you are causing clarity. You are causing clarity over your people because you love us. So we thank you for it. Anybody ringing stopped? Anybody feeling like their ringing has subsided? Does anybody experience it in waves? Is it something that you're continually like battling? Is it a continual thing or does it come in, in wait, It comes and goes. Comes and goes. Comes and goes, okay. Anybody experiencing ringing right now? All right, so it comes and goes. Well, it's going in Jesus' name. It is going. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There's something that's happening in this season, and it's, very, it's, very, it's been a very interesting thing to kind of watch. There's two words that keep, keep coming back, and Chuck and Tamara were singing about it this morning, and it's the remembering to return. And I asked the Lord, well, okay, if you're taking us deeper, why do we have to return? What is the return? And he said to me, you're not returning to the same place. It's not a return. You're remembering. I'm causing you to remember something about my nature so that it actually takes you to a new plane. And so I believe God is, there's something in in the church that is happening, church as in globally, that God is causing his people to remember, to return to a new place. So the Lord wanted me to say these words today. I mean, I have so, I've never written this many pages in my life. I have so many notes. But the past is gone. He wants to remind you. I think somebody prayed it. The the past is gone. And he wants to remind you that his mercy is new today. So no matter where you find yourself wandering. Whether you feel foggy. Whether you you're dealing with heartache, whether it's been a difficult season in relationship and family, whether it's been tight financially, whether you're waiting on a healing and it's not coming fast enough, or whether you're just feeling like blah, I'm here to remind you that there is a way through the fog. I feel like when I was getting ready for this message, I feel like um, that I was, I was like, like I saw the army, and I couldn't, I couldn't get away from the reality that I'm not just. The words that I'm I'm about to release are not just words, and we know that it's the word, it's the truth. But I feel like there is a a equipping that is going to happen today in the spirit. I feel like we are in a season as the bride of Christ and as the army of God that we actually don't have time for some of the other things we've entertained before. And so that's why God is saying, if you're feeling like, you know, you're feeling low or it's been tight or it's been foggy and you just, you just can't break through, he's saying there's a way through the fog and it comes when we begin to equip ourselves. So we can return to a place of surrender. It is a place we can run this race with joy. It is a place you can run this race with peace. It is a place where you may not know what the next move is, but you can trust his heart. And so we're going to Romans. I tell you, listen, the word of God. When you start to read this, I, I, I was actually, you know, I had had these verses in my heart for a while, and, and as I started to read them and then dig and pull them, pull them apart, because sometimes you can read something, and a great mentor of mine said, you've got to look at it from a different angle. You've got to examine the Word and ask God, what are you saying? Because I can read it, but then I want to I ask the question of what does that mean? <laughs> because I can understand it with my natural mind, but if I, don't, if I don't examine it from another way, I'll actually miss the deeper revelation. And so as I started to read Romans 12, 1 and 2, if you've been in the church long enough, you know these, these verses are like, you know, they can be quite popular. I started to see some things, and I want to share them with you today. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm going to read it in the message uh, version. So here's what I want you to do. God's helping you take your everyday your ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Do not become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, developed, well formed maturity in you. When we look at the Old Testament, And we examine the sacrifices that were made. The custom was that they had to bring an animal or a grain to the priests, And then the priest would take the sacrifice and put it on the altar. And offer up the sacrifice. And here Paul is saying, this isn't the same altar of atonement of sin. Because Jesus' blood did that. So he's not talking about that kind of altar. He's talking about an altar of surrender. When I was in grade 12, my dad used to be the Youth price Director in Fort McMurray. And we took a, a team to East Trinidad, Trinidad. Uh, which is where I'm from. Um, Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> um, and... On that trip we were actually going from Trinidad to Tobago and he had the team was all huddled and he had said to us I want you to he had given us pipe cleaners and he said I want you to make something that symbolizes where you, where you feel like you're at it could be like a scripture just just a, like almost like a team building exercise. And I remember the significance of that moment for me because I really wanted, there were some, some, some things on the table. I'm in grade 12. I have to decide what am I, what am I doing? Where am I going? And the Lord kept say, bringing Romans 12, 1 and 2 to my heart. And so in that interaction, I made a, I made a little fire out <laughs> of pipe cleaner. And I remembered the marking. You know, you have moments in your life that mark you. And I remember the, that moment where the word coincided with what I was experiencing as a young person. That I was saying, God, I want to be a living sacrifice to you. As this 18-year-old grade 12 student, didn't really know what that meant. But I, I was, there was a determination, God, whatever my life is going to look like, I want to be a sacrifice for you. I want to be on the altar. I want to be a life laid down for you. Here we come back to this this passage. And Paul, in in the 11 chapters before, he's actually encouraging them around the mercy of God. He's actually telling them this is the mercy of God, that it is by the mercy of God we are saved. Because when you encounter mercy, you can't help but respond. When you encounter Jesus and his mercy and what he's taken you from, you can't help but be compelled with a heart of gratitude. And so Paul's tone actually changes. As he goes into chapter 12, he's saying, I urge you, brothers and sisters, I urge you. And that word urge actually means plead. It means beg. So he goes from a a stance of telling them about the mercy of God to saying, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God. To present your bodies as living sacrifices. He's exhorting them to action. And today in the spirit, I feel the Lord saying through my words, I urge you, brothers and sisters. It is not time for us to be asleep. I urge you. I urge you. Because of what he has done. Because of his mercy extended to us, given to us. Jesus. The overflow of our testimony, being worship, being the fragrance of the sacrifice. But here's the thing, right? Living sacrifice. It's, it's almost like an oxymoron. It's like a paradox. How can you be living and be a sacrifice? A sacrifice should be dead. <laughs> but Paul is saying, living sacrifice. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Hmm. Come on. Ooh. The only way to understand a living sacrifice is to understand that it is a perpetual sacrifice. It is no longer a moment in time. But it it defines my everyday. It defines my eating, my sleeping, my going, my weeping. It defines everything that flows out of my life because it is a living sacrifice. It goes on to say holy and pleasing. And when holy, when something is holy, it is set apart. David said in 2 Samuel 24, 24, says, I will not sacrifice the Lord to the Lord my burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Hmm. Our sacrifice becomes unacceptable when we stay in disobedience. I'm going to say that again because I said it kind of quiet. (laughs) Our sacrifice becomes unacceptable when we stay disobedient. We all make mistakes, we all make bad choices. But is what we do, it's the choice we stay in that determines whether the sacrifice is acceptable. Wow. You know, for those of you that have kids, you know, you're, you're, in, you're in boot camp. You're training them all the time, and you hit the ditch hard. You know, they, they <laughs> oh, no, don't do that. Oh, and did it again. And I say to my kids... Sometimes I say, I say to them, I'm looking for your obedience, but I know that has to do with your heart. So I know you're trying, you're mustering up, you're really trying to please me, but I'm really after your heart. Because when fear is there, we strive and we try. But when there's love in the room, we lean into something that is beyond us. And we step into an ability to actually just remain in love that keeps our feet on the path of obedience. We see this with Cain and Abel. It wasn't that Cain did not bring a sacrifice. Cain brought a sacrifice. He did the right thing. He brought a sacrifice and the Lord said, it's not acceptable, Cain. Because the Lord didn't say this part, but he was after his heart. His heart attitude was in the wrong place. And so it made the sacrifice unclean. He was stuck in comparison. Can I just encourage you as we step into this next season? Can I encourage you? Don't compare yourself. Can I encourage you that it is the, it is, it is the joy killer. It is the thing that will rob you of the very life that you want to remain in, but you keep, well, she's got that and I don't have it. And I don't, I want that and I don't flow in that. And how come, how come I don't get, no, no. And I'll tell you why this is important. Cause I'm like, God, this feels like a rabbit trail. Where am I going with this? As I'm writing it. And he said, no, go there. Don't compare yourself because here's the thing. When we start to walk in that comparison of what I, we we weaken the power of testimony because what God has done for you is different than what he's done for me and who God has made you is different than who he's made me. And what you have is what we need. I'm not carrying all of it. I'm not gifted in all of it. I can't do all of it. Same with you. And that's why we're the body. And this is why this is important. Because of the mandate of the church, we've gotten stuck in cycles of comparison. And people have left the church hurt because instead of looking to Jesus, we're looking at each other to go, well, I got this and you don't got the no. Oh we don't have time for it anymore. Yeah. We really don't. And I, I, I wanna say this, I wanna say this because I know in I wanna honor you because you you have done well, family. Yeah. You have done well. You oh. must you must know that. That you have done well to try and go, Jesus, in spite of Jesus, in spite of Jesus. I just need to release it because it's, it's going. It's going into the atmosphere. Hmm. It goes on to say in verse 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. There is a courage that we need in this season. When I think of pattern, I think of something that I'm looking at to to build, to create something. I think of, I'm studying a pattern because I want to create something. And the Lord says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not fashion your life around it. 1 John two sixteen to 17 says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father but from the world. And the world and its desires passes away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The world is chasing the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and, pr- and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh includes anything that involves excessive desires, anything that is physical, I must have. The lust of the eyes is the material things, coveting what I, whatever I see and I don't have and I want it. And the pride of life is defined by the ambition for what puffs up and puts us on the throne of our lives but can i say that it's all noise it's all noise and lately god has been saying to me just i i it's like i can't even listen to music just sit and be quiet Because there's so much vying for your attention. There's so much that wants to pull you here and pull you there. There's so much noise. And the strategy is that we know when to listen and we know when to be still. The strategy is that we know when to go, I need to shut that off now. Or I need to go to bed a couple hours early so I can get up. The strategy is what we did two weeks ago can't work today because there's so much noise. And so we have to pivot. We have to look at it strategically and ask the Lord, God, what is the strategy through the fog? What is the strategy? Through the noise, but it's going to take a living sacrifice It's gonna take a living sacrifice to go. I don't want to live my life the way I did last year. I Don't want to live my life the way I did last month. I Want to push in for more I want to contend for more and not because I want things but because I want him I want Him. When I have Him, He does the rest. If I don't have Him, He can't do the rest. But when I have Him, when I say it it all doesn't matter unless I have you, Jesus. Through all the trials that I've gone through in my life, at this point, this stage I am realizing the secret is I need him and I want him more than anything and I will pursue him because he is the prize I'm not living my life for anybody I love you all even my kids and I say it to my husband all the time I love my children And I pray for them because they are my treasure and my inheritance. But I'm not living my life for them. I am living my life for Him. It goes on to say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we shut off the noise? How do we become transformed? We renew our mind. How do we renew our mind? (laughs) Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. Come on. Come on. If you're struggling to love this. I'm not going to beat you over the head with it, okay? <laughs> Can I just encourage you? Start in the Psalms. They're, po- they're poems. Okay? They, you know, Pastor Willis said, I, I love that phrase that he said last week, the gospel is really practical. And if I, if I stand up here and paint a picture for you that life is Rosie and no, I want to give you strategy. So if you're struggling, start in the Psalms, they're poems. Read one verse and just meditate on it, just think about it because it's better. I tell you what, the enemy doesn't want you to pick it up, and it doesn't matter how seasoned you are. When we came out of the last season. I was preaching quite a bit, and so I was in the Word. I was studying quite a bit, and it, it was, the exit was tough. We had, to, we had to get some healing and just be in a family and let people love on us and care for us. But you know what was the thing that the enemy said to me? You know what was one of the lies? Don't read it. Don't read it. Why, Why are you going to read it? You're disappointed, you're disillusioned, you're hurt. People can suck sometimes, even yeah. though I love them, <laughs> love them dearly. But that's, that was the lie. And when he said that, I went, oh, 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 oh. Whoa, this, this fog I'm in, whoa, 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 this, this fog that I'm in, That's his plan, to keep me bound because I won't actually read it. So you know what I did, part of my personality, I just picked it up. And I started to read the Psalms. And what started to happen was this hurting heart started to encounter the love and the friendship of the father that says taste and see that I am good eat on my word feed yourself so that you can become strong again and so that's what I did I clung to it i thought oh devil oh devil you thought you thought yes i was discouraged yes I had to sit down. Yes, I was weary and tired. But you thought that I didn't love him enough to pick it up. You thought that because of the discouragement, I wouldn't read one verse and hold on to it. So if you're struggling, pick it up and let it feed you. Let it bring the life that it's needing to bring, even if it's one verse. Here's the promise. After Paul says all of that, he says a promise. After he says, I urge you, and all of that, he says, You will be able to discern the will of God. He's saying, let the Holy Spirit work in your heart and grow in understanding of who God is so that you develop an ability to test a situation and determine the direction that God wants you to go. Jesus. Come on. It's a promise because we are not kept in the dark. <laughs> Though it may be dark... We are not kept in the dark. We don't have to guess what God wants us to do for our lives. We don't have to hope we don't mess up. If we seek him and his wisdom, he will give us the ability to see his will. And this may not look like an angel physically showing up and saying, this is the way. But it may be a YouTube ad that says people are struggling with ringing in their ears. Pray for them. We begin to, we begin to understand how to discern so that we can walk through. So why is this all important because the atmosphere of what is happening in our, in our global climate and in our nation requires an army. And it doesn't require an army that is sleeping and ill-equipped and has dull swords. It requires an army that is ready for war. So that's why this is important. This is how you get ready. This is what you do to get ready. As we've been leading worship for a um, for a long, long time, but the last few years, I've been seeing this prophetic picture, and I've been seeing people um, like uh, climb up stairs, and on the top of the stairs, uh, there's an altar. And depending on the different atmospheres of where we're in, for me, it speaks of what's happening in the hearts of the people, that, that total surrender. The ability to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ascend, and then I'm going to lay my life on the altar. Well, we were leading worship back in March with, the, um, with Tamara and, and Misty and the crew. And, um, and in that service, I saw another piece to this picture, and I heard the phrase, my embrace is the altar. And I went, oh, God, what? okay, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, in singing and thinking, my embrace is the altar, and I'm saying to the Lord, what does that mean? Because an altar is stone and brick and as fire. He said, my people don't need to be afraid to come close. Because when they embrace me, they lay their lives on the altar. Because it's an altar of surrender. So I want to encourage you this morning. The altar is not a scary place. It's actually the safest place. It's actually, you you want to be there. You want to run into the arms of the Almighty God and lay your chest on His. Lay your head on His. You want to be there. It is the safest place. That phrase, the altar is my embrace, is the altar. It actually leads us to communion. It actually leads us to communion. Because here's the beauty of this. <laughs> Jesus is the living sacrifice. He is the living sacrifice that laid his life down. And because of that, he shows us a pattern. And he says, lay your life down. The table is waiting. The table is set my broken body and my shed blood means you can come close there is no longer a veil there is no longer a need for an animal he says come close so don't be afraid don't be afraid to come close don't be afraid For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He laid his life down and then rose from the dead. Without resurrection, communion table just becomes remembrance. But it's so much more than that. (laughs) Without resurrection, the communion table just becomes about remembrance. But it is so much more than that. Because of resurrection, oh, communion becomes a sacrifice because he is a living sacrifice. So it is a continual picture of what he did. And he's inviting us not to atone for our sin but to come into a divine relationship of fellowship and communion with him. So he's looking for surrendered hearts. He's looking for hearts that say, God, I know you're calling me deeper and I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose to step in a little deeper. I've lived over here for a little while and it's good but I'm going to I'm going to lean in. I'm going to lean in for more. I felt like the Lord wanted me to do something else. If you're 65 and older, can you stand? I know I I know age is always a technical thing. I know. I know I'm I'm, I, I was like, Lord, some people don't like to stand because, you know, they don't, but I just, I have to be obedient. Can I just say to you guys, we need you. as I was writing this, the Lord said they've laid their life down on the altar and they have walked some miles. And I felt like the Lord just wanted us to honor you and honor the testimony because you've ran some miles and you've paid some prices. And I felt like the Lord wanted to honor you. So I just want to bless you. I just wanna release a blessing on you because in the honoring, he's saying, I'm not done yet. So I'm honoring you, but the Lord's also saying, I'm not finished with you yet. There is much for you to do in my kingdom. There is giants for you to slay yet. I believe that today there is something by way of strength and impartation of the Holy Spirit that where you have disqualified yourself or you have said, God, well, I've been there, done that, and you know, I'll let the young people do it now. He's saying no. Yes, let the younger ones come up the ranks and train them. But there is much for you to do yet. And there is anointing and a mantle resting on your age group. And so I declare the blessing and the favor of God and the strength to run with endurance and stamina. I declare fresh eyes to see and ears to hear and a mouth to speak. I declare new levels and authority in the spirit. I declare giants being slain. I declare that that the future is going to be greater than the former. Because we need you. We need you. Tuck that in your heart. We need you. We need you, generals. We need you. The Lord won't let me leave it. We need you. And not only do we need you, we want you. We want you. We want you on the front line. We want you holding your sword. We want to see the scars and hear the testimony. We want you. Standing at our side. So God's not done. Thank you for standing. Bless you guys. Yeah. It is an altar of surrender. I've said a lot of words today. But I pray that the truth of the word go into your heart and do the work because there's an army rising up, there's an army rising up and we're going, we will possess the land. We will take ground for the king because we know it's going to take a living a life laid down that says I love you Jesus and I'm going to count the costs and I'm going to run the race I may stumble I may fall but I'm going to get back up because I love you and I want to lay my life on that altar for you why don't you stand with me as we come to an end there's can't go to this next part until I I do this part and if you're listening to my voice whether you're in the room or you're listening online or you're going to listen if you don't know this Jesus that we're so willing to lay our life down let let me take a moment to tell you who he is he is the lover of your soul He is the one that will pursue your heart when all other things have walked away. He will be the one that stays. He will be the one that shows up in the middle of the night. He will be the one that is closer than a brother. He will be the one that never leaves you or forsake you. He's the one that gave his life for you, that paid a price for you. His name is Jesus, and he wants to know you. And so if you're listening to my voice, whether you're in this room or you're online, if you would be bold to say, I need Jesus, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you are here today and you don't know him and you're saying, I I need him, would you raise your hand so we can pray with you? I see that hand. I see that hand. Ah, and so does heaven. Heaven sees these hands. Why don't we pray this prayer together? Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. I thank you for forgiving my sin. In this moment, I make a decision to give you my heart, to give you my life, and to serve you. decision I want you at some point to come come and chat with either myself or the prayer team I want you to I want you to go public I want you to go public with that decision because he's not ashamed of you he's not ashamed of you if you're here today and you're saying Rihanna, I love Jesus I live my life for him but this surrender thing, I, I feel like I, I need to take a step and, and just say, God, I, I surrender again. I want to extend that call to you. If you're here and that is you and you're saying, I need to surrender again. There are things that I know I have to give up and I haven't given it up, but I, I'm, I'm making a choice to be a living sacrifice today. If that's you, why don't you go ahead and raise your hand. I see those hands. I see those hands. And God's saying, I see those hearts. He's saying, I see your heart. And I'm wooing you to a place where the fog is lifted and clarity comes so that you can walk through to the other side. Father, I thank you for hearts of surrender this morning. For hearts that are saying, we want more. We want to be living sacrifices laid on the altar for you. Communion. Communion, fellowship, relationship. God, take us deeper, deeper into the love of the Father. Deeper into understanding who you are and what that means for us. God, our surrender today is a stake in the ground. And we won't just be hearers of the word, but we will be doers of the word. Activated and anointed to do what you've called us to do. on you. We lay our lives on you, Jesus. I know we have a prayer team. But if you are feeling to do what these guys are doing, come to the altar and do business with Jesus don't let this moment pass you by however you make your altar whether it's in your seat or whether it's in the front don't let the moment pass you by there's something in the moment we do have a prayer team and they would love to pray for you you need healing in your body If you're suffering, you need somebody to just partner with you and agree with you, they will be here to pray. Don't let the moment of surrender pass you by.